We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. The vibes, they went away for a, a short day. They, they took a vacation, I think. They took a... It's cold in New York at this time of year. It's been a particularly harsh March. So the vibes, they said, you know what? We got to we gotta just take a little reprieve, but we'll be back. And now they're back. And uh, Jeremy Cohen, how you feeling about about things? Vibes are better. Uh, John, I'm really happy that this team isn't playing on the West Coast anymore. <laughs> uh, at least not until the NBA Finals. Uh, listen, I I get it. Hold right? on, wait, wait, wait. Have you have you you haven't made any plans for June, right? Uh, I I have not. There's really nothing n- nothing at all in June that I care about. Um, nothing, yeah, nothing involving a producer of the, like zero. Like I don't, I could be flexible. I could do whatever. Could you, well, no, that's in July. No, no, there's something in June that. Oh yeah. The bachelor party. Yeah. No, if it, if it, you know, could you imagine Oh, hilarious. Oh my Um, God. I would, I actually, I, I, we're, we're off the rails already. Okay. So no, no plans in June other than, uh, a certain something which we won't talk about right now but either way are, yeah vibes are great i'm really happy that there's no more west there are no more west coast games i know there are tons of knicks fans across the world who are up in the wee hours of the morning watching it i don't know how you guys all do it uh i'm exhausted i'm spent i'm sure you're exhausted you're the one who has to get in front of a camera after the games and write newsletters so kudos to you on that but uh yeah games are going to be uh not too late anymore it's great i'm washed it's whatever so we're gonna get the next talk in um i i promise give me two three minutes but i have to as my of course my children are up um even though it's it's late on a wednesday and if there was one if there was one night of the year i wish they were asleep already it would be tonight as i will get to in a moment um so last night in portland 10 o'clock start fantastic win um i forget did you concur with us at the time i said at the time i think it was a top 10 win of the year do you concur or are you yeah listen there's yeah. 40 of them right 41 i want to <laughs> undersell it so there are gonna be some not so great wins in there but some wins are better than others yeah yeah i'd i'd say it's i don't know if it's if it cracks my top 10 but you can make a compelling argument for it's it. in the it's in the realm okay so that energy Carried me through. Uh, it was a very fun live stream, and then again, I'm, which I'm, I, needless to say, honored to do. And then writing the newsletter. Um, today, woke up. I got my two and a half hours, and <laughs> which is and what the I, doctor recommends. Exactly what the doctor recommends. Yep. Roll out of bed, um, throw on some clothes. No showering was happening, um, so, so I could get to work on time. And today, a, a little behind, a little behind inside baseball, behind the scenes for me. So, as for anybody who doesn't know, I still teach um, as a New York City Department of Education school teacher. I don't know if you know this, Jeremy. You are only supposed to teach 
five periods in a day. Five. If you keep in track. I, because my school knows I don't, they tell me to jump. I say how high. Uh, I teach six periods on Wednesdays. Today was a Wednesday as we were recording this. And I don't, again, it's, it's against like what some kind of contract we have. I don't really care. In the beginning of the day, we get an email that says all of the coverages that different teachers have. My name is on the coverage sheet. I've been teaching Jeremy Cohen. This is my eighth year. Not once in eight years have I ever had a situation where I was teaching six periods in a day and I got a coverage in one of the two remaining free periods I have I had left. Today was that day, the first time, which, of course, I had no time to like get lunch together or anything. So I'm like, OK, I'll grab lunch during one of my free periods and I'll go home and shower during the other so I don't smell. Now, here's the real kicker. Again, my daughter, of course, is awake of today of all days. Um, here's the kicker. I have some law school friends that are moving to Alaska in a few weeks that today, in between when I had to take my daughter to jazz practice, jazz dance practice, and when we're recording this podcast, was their going away thing. Shout out to Kristen and, and Travis Tendy, by the way. So I couldn't show up being smelly. And unshaven and wearing soiled clothing and all of these sorts of things. So had to use my one remaining free period to come home, shower. Food was not a thing that happened today. Um, rest was not a thing that happened today. But you know what, Jeremy? It's okay. One, because I, I did have a couple of cocktails for their going away party. And I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm imbibing in those vibes. And two... The Knicks finished their West Coast road trip. Two straight wins. What's better than that? Three, but that's okay. We'll take two. two they won. Two. I'm, I'm saying three straight wins would be would be better than, than two. Three straight wins. You asked me what's be better, better than, than two what's straight better wins. What's better than two? Okay, good. There you go. It's all right. I know. It's been a long day. Don't worry. It's been a day, but we yeah. are here. We have arrived. We that here. is the point. Yes. <laughs> um, it was a good week. I think um, in in Nick's land, and we should just recap because it's been a while since we've been on. So this week, since the last time we talked, started with the um, kind of out of not out of left field. We we probably could have seen this coming. Lost to the Hornets at home, the one home game they had in a stretch of seven games, and then that was followed by a spirited effort against the Kings, um, which Jalen Brunson played in the first half. And then uh, the two games in L.A. and then the game against the Los Angeles uh, or excuse me, the two games in L.A. and then the, the game against the Portland Trailblazers. You tell me, like, what was the what was like the thing you will take away the most from these last five games since we last spoke? It's a great question. I, you know, I. I'll say it's playing without Jalen Brunson. That's probably my biggest takeaway because there was a point earlier in the season where Jalen Brunson would be out and it'd feel like hope is harder to find. And now, isn't it that the Knicks actually have a better net rating with him off the floor than with him on? And it's still positive either way. Isn't that an accurate? Reading? I don't know. if uh, I think he's still a. I think he's, they're still better with him on than off, but I will look it up. But keep going. Fair, either way, they are learning how to win without him. I thought I'd seen it online. If that's incorrect, please let me know. I think that's really important. Um, you have to find ways to to make it work when you can't. Um, they're blessed to have someone like Julius playing every single game thus far this season as of this point. They didn't have him. And it took that Hornets game to, I think, for them to really start to feel the pressure of, oh, okay, we can't get bailed out by this person. We have to be a better team. And while that Hornets game was disappointing, you know, I think I even texted it to you where it was like, I felt like this past, I mean, since we last spoke, if the Hornets, if it's a win, it's totally fine this week. Uh, and it's not a disaster. It's not terrible. It's just, I would feel a lot better about this week if they had won that game. They didn't but they had a nine game winning streak before then. So I think it's really just learning how to win when you're shorthanded and you see guys like Deuce McBride stepping up in a way that, you know, 
Other times, the Knicks haven't had that person be able to fill the next man up role. So, um, okay, so it's plus yeah, two point five on plus four point one off. Oh, see, I have different number. I think Andrew's doing cleaning the glass. I have um, plus two point one on and plus uh, three point two off. Either way, better it's, with Jalen off. Yeah. So, and it, that's not an indictment as to what Jalen can or can't do. No. It's just a showing of how good this Knicks team actually is, where they can play well with him and they can play well without him. That's important. I think that's the right takeaway. And for me, and I, I think this is a little bit because I was writing about it a little bit today for uh, a newsletter for the end of this week. I was looking through some lineup data um, today. And what struck me was that throughout the course, it, we've had, my God, there's been a lot of things that have happened this season. And Right now, three of the Knicks' top six most played five-man lineups are lineups that are debunk. Uh, one is a lineup with Jer- Jericho Sims. One is a lineup with Cam Reddish. One is a lineup with Evan Fournier. Uh, there has been a lot that has transpired since you know Evan Fournier was part of the rotation, and even you know if you want to say since Cam Reddish was was here. Um, there have been a ton of ups and downs, and this team, for as much as as you pointed out, Julius Randle has been a consistent force. One of the most consistent forces in all of basketball. It's him and Anthony Edwards, basically. It's just the two of them by themselves in terms of that caliber of player. Um, other than him, though, I mean, when you look at the ideal starting lineup and how they've only played together 29 games, and when you look at the ideal rotation that we have now and the fact that, okay, it wasn't until this point that Josh Hart came here and, um, you know, who was missing time all over the place, left and right. This team really does figure out a way to just kind of get it done. And they've done that in a lot of ways throughout the season. And it almost felt like this week with Brunson out, who I think we both agree is like, I don't even say the best play. What he's he's the you know he's the straw that serves the drink. He's the he's the engine. He's the head of the snake. All of any analogies you want to use for them to still be able to figure out a way to be successful against um, a Laker team that has been playing better lately and certainly seems to be taking the end of the season seriously. And then a, a Portland team like it's funny we were watching and you. You slide dog, you. I, I, there was me watching on playback, being like, ah, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like what I'm seeing. And you're just sitting back, and you're like, I'm not worried. I was worried, Jeremy. Oh, I know. <laughs> As you know, but they, but they took care of business against a team that is, is still fighting for something, and that, you know, with all due respect to Julius Randle, I do still, I think they had the best player on the court in Damian Lillard, and um. That's like, I think that's at this point, 11 games left to go on the regular season. That has to be what you want to see as a fan who is like getting ready to like, okay, can this team do something in the playoffs? I I, I found the last five games overall, even though two and three record, a loss against the Hornets, the whole, the, the Julius thing, maybe we'll get into later against the Clippers. I found it to be pretty encouraging. Yeah. And, you know, I think the other thing too is, it doesn't feel like the Knicks are really ever out of these games. No. You know, and, and that's a no. really important point. Like, yes, as we were watching the playback game for the Hornets, we could feel it in real time. Things are going poorly when Randall's in the game. Things are going well when Obi's in the game. Go back to Randall. Things go poorly. I'm not saying that's the reason they lose the game, but that is a contributing factor. But they had it. It was right there. Um, the Kings game, they could have given up. I'm, yeah, I'm sure a lot oh. of people turned it off at halftime. They came back. They tied it. Uh, it just the the most clutch player in the NBA this season, De'Aaron Fox, did what the most clutch player in the NBA is going to do. Um, the Clippers game, they were hanging around. Clippers are they're such a weird team. It's so bizarre. But are like, you out on them? Sorry, very quick aside. I wouldn't say I'm out. It's just. Uh, the, I mean, to me, the West is wide open, right? Like it, it's it the is. sort of thing where any team could just get hot for a month and a half, two Don't months, think. and that's that's it. Um, I think it's going to come together for them. I think okay. if they get the right matchup as well, like if yeah. they, it depends. Like if they're the sixth seed and they're playing the Grizzlies, 
do do I think that they have a good chance of shutting down John Morant? I do, but their offense is struggling. Uh, either way, like the, the Lakers are, they've been really good. They've been red hot since the trade, even without LeBron James. Yep. That was an important win. The Blazers won. Like to me, it's not about, yeah, it, certainly there is an element to it. Of like they were down by 16. They came back. That's an important part, especially when Damian Lillard was incredible and it seemed so really effortless. And yet, it, it to me, it wasn't just like, yeah, they came back and they won. It was they came back and they just obliterated them in the third quarter. They yep. they had, what, 42 points on 21 shots in that third quarter? And I it was mean, and earlier God. in the third, it was a back and forth where Dame was. I mean, it was he was not backing down. Uh, it was. No. Yeah, it wasn't. And, you know, it's like you then the continuation, like it, it's funny as we were maybe it was watching the game as, as they were talking about. Boston, right? Uh, or I think this is during the Lakers game. Some they were talking about Emmanuel quickly and the Boston game. And they're like, yeah, that was last Sunday. I was like, that was last Sunday? Uh, <laughs> like, that could have been two years ago. That That's how long this week has felt. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, climbing their way back from there. The Miami game, almost blowing it, but still playing. Like, there's just something, there's something about this team. And it's, if we had recorded this before the Blazers game, especially if the Knicks had gone 0-4 to the Lakers, I was expecting us to say, look, like there was a reason why we came out here and said, enjoy this winning streak while it lasts because it can get dangerous real quick. And it did, but they've somehow once again found a way to say, yeah, yeah, there were some initial struggles, but we took a West Coast trip that seemed very daunting. We ended it on a high note and it's great for them to be able to do that. And I'm glad that's the last time they'll do that on a West Coast trip for reasons <laughs> stated earlier. But it's an important element. And um, it, yeah, the fighting is great. You, you just made me think of this as for most of the season. And obviously, I know Milwaukee um, has surged lately. But for most of the season, the t- clear top two teams in each conference are Denver and, and Boston. And if if what has been... Uh, if what's going on with both of those teams recently has not convinced just people who are fans of the sport, watching the sport that like the season is a marathon and it doesn't matter who you are or how much talent you have or like who your best player is or this and that you're like, you, you get to this point. I mean, in baseball, it's the dog days of August. Right. But in the, in the NBA, it's like kind of this like post all-star, but like you're not quite in the home stretch. And just it feels like teams are starting to wear down, and the fact that the Knicks just kind of continue to battle through, and like yeah, they got beat three times this week, but like we, we the Hornets game, you know, we kind of talked about that. It's, it was, I almost want to put that aside. It was kind of an emotional letdown, but like who did they get beat by? They got beat by Kawhi Leonard doing the things that like Kawhi, and he needed okay. to do you know, those sorts of things. And then you brought up uh, Darren Fox, who's been the best play- clutch player in the league this year. And if it wasn't for Darren Fox hitting some of those shots, including that layup that ended up, I guess, kind of being the difference in the game, you know, maybe they win that Kings game too. I, hats and, off to them. Yeah. And who else do the Kings have? Sabonis, who yes. just won the Western Conference Player of the Week award yeah. for in a week that the Knicks played against the Kings. Yeah. He's great. Um I'd love to see set, uh, you know another series with those two teams. Obviously, the implication would be, or a series between the two teams, be the finals. It'd be fun. Could you don't see that happen? Oh, but like, <laughs> I I root for the Kings because, I, like, the Kings fans get it. We like we get yeah. them. It, it's very understanding. I'm really happy for them. I hope they do well. They need a little bit more defense to really thrive. But um, it was still fun. Great to see them, and then still good basketball. Just didn't go out. Go the way that we wanted it to. Um, would have loved to see Brunson finish off that game. That's I'll, I'll just leave it at that. He was yep. playing good. That's all. Um, okay. Speaking of Jalen Brunson, uh, we will do. Man, I would love that. Barry, I apologize. I, I hope this is the last relevant Weiss and Rosenblum personal injury report that we have to do this year um, because I whether it's against Denver or whether it's against Minnesota, I think I join many Nick fans in saying, uh, okay, we survived the stretch. Let's 
get Jalen Brunson back. Uh, we'll talk about him in a second. First, reminder, if you think you have a possible personal injury case, call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. You can also visit them at weissandrosenblum.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. And of course, personal injury, attention to your matter is a priority. Uh, you can call them for free. Let them know what you think you might have on your hands. They will talk to you free of charge. And of course, they don't get paid unless you do. One more time, the number is 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney and not a rookie. Um, I know he's not a rookie, but he might as well be. Deuce McBride, Shout out to that guy. He'll come up in a bit, uh, stepping up in place in many ways of Jalen Brunson. Uh, do you think it's a big deal that Brunson gets back in the next few games? Uh, do you have something in your mind? Like for me, I've always kind of been eyeing the Miami game that is two games away. So it's it would be uh, Wednesday of of next week as like okay, if he missed that game. I'll be concerned because it's you know there's obvious playoff implications. At this point, I'm kind of I would expect him to be back either the Denver game or the Wolves game. What are where are your thoughts on on his situation? So he was hurt for the Kings game and then did not come back. Didn't play in the Clippers game. The Kings game was Thursday night. Didn't play in the Lakers game. Didn't play in the Blazers game. Thursday to the following Saturday would be nine days off. I would hope that with nine days of rest, his foot ailment is better to the point where you can play against Denver. I so think if it's, for me, it's more if you're, if you're not I playing see. against Denver, then it's the a number one team in the West. Wrong. Okay. There's, there's some more cause for concern, but, but again, like I'm, that's not typically how I operate because at the same time, it's yeah, this could be fine. He could play, but why chance it? Why run the risk if we feel he could be better? You know, the, the most important thing is the playoffs. The Knicks are very close to making the playoffs. They just need to get there. They need to win games yeah. in order to do it. it. But they're they're showing they can win without Brunson. There's not a need to rush him back. They know that they were able to pull off a nine-game winning streak with him in the lineup. They, it, they can win games with him. That's not so much the concern. The bigger concern is making sure he's healthy for more important games down the stretch. Um, I, I'm more curious about like the, the gray area between those two things, because like we, I think we know how this organization operates. Like if someone is good to go, they're going to go right. Do we know that? I don't know. Well, I mean, it, that's the thing. It's Grimes, for example, said he didn't feel pain, right? But yeah. then he was not cleared to go. So it's, it it's may true. not just be, Hey, do you feel healthy? It might be, look, let's really try to prioritize this. Let's make sure we're putting this player in the best position to succeed, I, you know, not just in the next few games, but throughout the course of the season, the postseason, whatever it is. So, but again, I, I don't, it's more like, Oh wow. Okay. If he's, he must be really dealing with it. If after nine days of rest, eight days of rest, yeah, is, I, that he can't be back there. I, I, it's just it's strange because like they are I don't want to say they're secretive with injuries but like well they're not the most forthcoming certainly when it comes to this stuff so if he was out against Denver I, I guess my ultimate point is like you could take that in one of two very different ways the way that you said initially which is like oh wow this has been nine days and we're still out but you could theoretically also take it in the way of like oh well it's like it's we have a nice cushion against Miami, you know. We're, we're you know we feel good about our chances with Brooklyn. It's it's Denver. It's the MVP. But I don't think that again. I don't think that's how they operate. It's, you know, like Denver's been reeling. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, just looking way ahead at the towards the end of the season, there are some games where if you wanted to rest players, if you wanted to do something, yeah. we can get there. But in terms of another injury nice. report, it would be. Um, this should be relevant because suddenly it's incredibly relevant. Uh, there are a number of injuries, a number in a number of injuries that we should talk about that actually impact the Knicks without being on the Knicks, specifically those of the Dallas Mavericks. So, uh, as of this moment, we're recording 
Wednesday, March 15th, nighttime. There's about to be a basketball game played with the Dallas Mavericks and the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, Kyrie Irving has been ruled out with a, with right foot soreness. Luka Doncic has been ruled out with left thigh strain. Uh, and Tim Hardaway Jr. with a left calf contusion. He's out. Christian Wood, right? I was about to say, Wood's on play. the report. Yeah, he but he was play. on the injury report. We should note. Correct. Um, it's fascinating because... Let me ask you, John. Do you yeah. think that the Mavs are tanking? Oh my! You really just said that? No, I, I'm I'm just asking you. This I'm asking you. Do you think that the Mavs are tanking? No. I, I my my brain can't process the thought of a organization that has a genuine, when healthy MVP candidate. Who, well, I mean, they're what are they? Two games out of the six spot, a game and a half out of whatever they are. They're, they're, they're they could still obviously make a run in a playoff spot, right? I, I understand things have not gone well, but the notion that that organization would tank, I can't wrap my mind around it. So I agree with you that it's more that I have seen a lot of, I've perused the Mavericks subreddit. It's kind of fun. Schadenfreude is great. And there are fans who are actively rooting for the tank to keep the pick. Who feel no, like they are. Yes, yes. That, That's that, happening. It is. Um, it's it's one hundred percent happening. We're the way that I see it, here, we're talking about the Dallas Mavericks, right? And the way that I see it is for those reasons. Yes, you have Luca. You can get him back when healthy. You're telling me that in if if you get the Mavs to finish in the seventh or eighth spot, they have two opportunities to win a. A playoff, a play-in game that gets them into the playoffs. Yeah, and we talk about the West being wide open. So why is it that they'd be like, "Hey, Kyrie, we made this huge trade for you, where we gave up an unprotected pick uh, after Luka Doncic's contract's going to expire"? Listen, um, we know we tanked the rest of the season. We'd love to still max you if you're cool with that. Like, the, I just, I'm with you. I agree. I don't think that they are going in that direction. I'm sure that there are a lot of Knicks fans who are worried that the pick will not convey this year. Um, the way that I see it, yeah. There's a chance, sure. I think there are going to be teams that are out tanking the Mavs, even if the Mavs are, for whatever reason, trying to lose games. You like think? The Spurs tonight are they're resting pretty much everyone. Uh, so even if the Mavs try, the Spurs are going to try harder. The Jazz, I would imagine, will try harder. The Thunder... Who knows? They've been up to some shenanigans the last couple of years. So, uh, one last night, big win against the, uh, against the that we needed against the Brooklyn. 100%. But it's relevant. All, suddenly, the Knicks are now at risk of not having a pick in this draft. Do I think it's a real threat? I don't. But it's like uh, in the office when Michael talks about the vasectomy and goes snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap. Because a loss is great, but you don't want them to lose too many games. So you want them to maybe win now and then, but you don't want them to win too many games. It's just, it's a fun little seesaw that we got going on. It's an interesting situation. I just want to say right now, again, get your, get your cold tastes exposed. I am not worried. One, one, a point one percent. Uh, I'm not worried that the Mavs are going to keep their pick um, for some of the reasons you just discussed. The notion that with the Kyrie thing and with Luca a year away from his official NBA mandated pre agency, you know, uh, obviously I'm being facetious, but like I, I, I just can't. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, but I, I, I can't see it. Um, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be talking head guy for a second. Luca Doncic is a competitor, Jeremy. He's a competitor. He, you know, fire in his belly. He wants to win. Uh, but I, you know, as, as silly as it sounds, I do think there was some truth to that. And the notion that they're going to go to him and be like, listen, we're going to, we're going to ease into this because we want, you know, the ninth pick in the draft. I, I, I don't see it. Um, but who knows? Who knows? I, I'm, I'll say this for, for most of the season, if you, and we talked about this months ago, I probably would have signed for pick number 15 or 16 for sure. Now I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'm not signing for that anymore. Maybe I get, maybe I'll get a little greedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's fair. Uh, okay. Uh, weekly essay question, uh, courtesy of Andrew Claudio, who uh, just, he just loves, he loves giving us homework uh, with 11 games to go. 
how comfortable are we with where the Knicks stand in the East playoff picture and their ability to secure a top six seed to avoid the plan? Um, oh, he's putting up the graphic. Oh, there it is in all of its glory. Shout out to Andrew Claudio who did this. Could have easily not color coordinated this easily. But not only did he put the different I mean, there there are actually different shades. For anybody who's listening to this, there are different shades of red for like ver- my Atlanta versus Miami. And then the the color of the lettering, you know, corresponds with like the alternative color. It's really it's clean, you know. It's it cleans clean is the right word. Um I don't know how we should do this because like we we could say I mean, we could like go through these various schedules in painstaking detail. I kind of did it a little bit earlier today for for someone who asked about like, what do you think the Knicks' magic number is, right? Like, what do you think the Knicks? How many games do you think the Knicks have to win to secure a top six seed? And it's a tough question to answer right now because, I mean, just putting it simply, the Miami situation. And just uh, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Jeremy, but Miami right now is in a situation where if they if the, if they win both games against the Knicks in all likelihood barring some barring the Hawks finding life they would secure the tiebreaker against the Knicks because they will in all likelihood win the division and Atlanta would not win the division and even though they are not in the same division as the Knicks again this all sounds ridiculous because they won their division they would own the tiebreaker against the Knicks because they would have split the season series again assuming the Knicks lose the two remaining games they have against Miami that is only in that circumstance for me where I'm at I'm like honestly it's in a weird way the rest of the season comes down for me to like win one of the Miami games if you win one of the Miami games, I feel pretty confident you're getting a top six seed. If you lo- somehow lose both of the Miami games, things get more interesting than they probably should get right now because then you're in a situation where it's like, okay, you know, the Knicks have 11 left in the two, two were against Miami. Like, what do you have to do in those remaining nine games? Do you have to go six and three? Do you have to go seven and two? And again, it depends on like what else Miami does in those other games. And then there's the Brooklyn of it all. Um, that's why it's a little probably a little early for this, but I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Just win one of the Miami games and you'll feel a lot better. What I find to be really fascinating is that the Cavs play the Nets twice. Um, yeah. They play them in consecutive games. So this is really kind of dealer's choice for fans. If you'd rather play Cleveland, then maybe you're rooting for the Nets. Um, if you're worried though about the the Nets, I'm sorry, if you're worried about the Nets, then leapfrogging the Knicks in some capacity, maybe you're rooting for Cleveland. Maybe you're rooting for them to split the series. Um, totally, it, you know, I think I'm probably rooting for them to win one and one, but it's the sort of thing where I think that the top four is pretty much locked and loaded. It's just a matter of okay. where those four will land. Um, I mean, don't look now, but the Sixers. And the Celtics are a game apart from each other. So if fans are thinking, well, I don't want any part of the Sixers, you know, let's say some are feeling that way. Suddenly, is it the Celtics? And we're looking at uh, fans may say, I don't want any part of the Celtics. It feels kind of uh, what? 2020, 2012, 2013-esque where we're like, well, the Knicks were three out of uh, four against the Heat. So it's fine. Look, I don't know. Again, it's fans can pick whichever game that they want, whichever or whichever team that they'd like to play the most. Um, I would imagine most would say that they'd want to play the Cavs, but I feel like we're getting to the point where it's uh, it's shades of 2021 where there was so much of an eagerness to play the Hawks and yeah. there's just a, a major underestimation of the opponent. This Knicks team is a lot better than the Knicks team that was the fourth seed. It is. But I think we still have to take a step back, respect the opponent, Figure it out from there, but hey, Knicks may not even play them. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm not super worried. I mean, just the other thing to consider uh, as of this very moment, in terms of the remaining schedule uh, strength of schedule, um, you know, you've got the Cavs with the 26th easiest schedule. I'm sorry, the 26th uh, 
hardest, which would be, would be the fifth easiest. Yeah, so um, very easy schedule. Miami's the seventh easiest. The Knicks have the eighth easiest. And then the Nets have the 11th. And then the Hawks have the 12, 13, 14, 15th, 16th uh, easiest, also known as the, I guess, which would be the 15th hardest. Regardless. Whatever. Not Six one the it's, it, to me, um, it's, it's just about staying out of the play-in. I think if you get to 45, you can do it. I just don't. Maybe famous last words. Are the Heat going to go? What they've got four, five, six, seven, eight, I, nine, ten, eleven, twelve games. Are they going to go eight and five, eight and four? Maybe. I, but if the Knicks win one of those, it's it's going to be harder for them to only lose three of the ones that they're playing. I I'm I got it on the the, the second screen right now. It's a forty-one thirty-nine Heat over the Grizzlies. Like i'm gonna be watching the heat closely from here on in they're they're the team that i'm kind of more most concerned about um because like you i just want to get in get in the top six you know that's my priority right now i will say this and it's not a conversation that i'm prepared to have right now but there is an interesting discussion for me at least to be had about the how do i put this about the narrative that will take place coming out of whatever transpires in the playoffs. Now, it should go without saying that the best possible narrative for the Knicks is to win a playoff series, I think, right? There's, I don't think there's any argument against that. But that being said, if you are a Knicks fan who perhaps has some PTSD from many years of insert bad memories here and you're like I just want to make sure that the vibes are still good after this season we've done so much we've come so far we've accomplished so much I could we just please go into the summer with like okay people are feeling good about the Knicks people are like there's positive things being said about the Knicks like what a good season the Knicks had if that is your mindset then there is certainly a world where you're like you know what Maybe I do want the Philadelphia 76 because guess what? If we win, it's the greatest story in the world. And if we lose, it's like, oh, we lost to Joel Embiid and James Harden, you know, and it's not the end of the world or even to a slightly lesser extent, the Boston Celtics, who I know have not been playing well for a while, but they are still, you know, the defending Eastern Conference champions on the whole thing. So I, I'm again, I'm not prepared to have that conversation right now. Maybe we won't have the opportunity to have it, but I did. I at least just want to bring it up. That's that's all. Well, the challenging thing for me is it's like if the Knicks fell to sixth or hell, let's say they somehow found a way to, to fall to seventh and they win their play in game and there's the seventh seed in my messed up mind. It's like, oh, good. That means that they avoid the Bucks until the Eastern Conference finals. And it's like, no, 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 no. There's th- like, that's not hold your what? No. Like, so it's not crazy, though. I mean, it's a thousand percent crazy, but it's fandom. Wait, uh, so no, I'll take it, you know. No, but hold on. Wait, I, I want to push back on that. Why is it crazy? And again, I know I'm the, just a guy who was like talking about, <laughs> well, what's the better narrative coming off a loss? But at the same time, we do. We should at least they deserve to have it acknowledged that for three plus months, top five. You know, top four net rating, top, you know, four, fifth and wins or whatever in the whole damn league. I, this is a really good team. Sure. We, we but, should be thinking that. Yes. You know, I mean, the Celtics have still been playing 600 ball for the last like three and a half months, three months since their absurdly hot start, um, which is still very good, but it's it's worse. Uh, there's something to be said of the Sixers where pretty much every single postseason Embiid does not look like the MVP caliber player that he may have been earlier in the season or the elite all-star if he's not an MVP caliber. Like there's there's a bit of a dissent in terms of how his play might be. And I mean they still have James Harden. They're still a very good team. Yeah, the Bucks just terrify me. The other teams scare the crap out of me. Uh the two three and the Cavs worry me for sure. But they should. I, I think the if we're going off of like the whole vibes factor here. I mean, listen, I am not expecting the Knicks to win a playoff series. I'm not saying they can't do it by any stretch. It's just if they're not a top four seed, they're not going to be favored to win. And that's fair. There's something to be said, though, of, okay, yeah, the Knicks made the playoffs, looked looked sustainable. And on top of that, it comes down to 
where is their pick going to be? Because the pick is an extension to the future. It is some sort of reward for either your so, own season or another team's season. In this case, the Mavs pick. Yeah, it's the Mavs pick. And I think that that's what will really help Knicks fans from that vibe perspective of anything goes. It's all gravy by this point. We want to win. Believe we can win. Know that the other team is the favorites. No matter what, the Knicks would have the Mavs pick. Assuming it conveys, hopefully, in the, I mean, it'll, if it conveys, it will be in the tweens or the teens. It's just a matter of, hey, it'd be really great if we were closer to 11 than it would be to 20. I don't know when the proper time is to put out this poll, but I kind of want to put out a, a poll on Twitter asking it, you as a Nick fan, would you sign right now for a seven game first round playoff defeat? I would imagine like about 70% of the people, 75% of the people will probably say no, they would not. But I, I'd just be curious because that, that would mean that you took three games off of the Sixers Celtics or Cavs, who, by the way, uh, last I checked, were neck and neck for the best net rating in the whole league for the whole season. So I would point. I would sign up for it. hundred. You would. OK. Yeah. I don't listen, think most people would. That's fair. But I think the other thing to consider is this is a young team and most of the players on the team may not have the experience that's necessary of a grueling series, right? Like the Hawks series. You got quickly getting experience. You got Toppin, you got RJ, Randall. Those are the first, right? I mean, Randall hadn't made the playoffs before that. He didn't make it the Lakers, didn't make it the Pelicans. So they got a taste of it and they lost the first game, heartbreaker, won the second, and then proceeded to lose the next three. I, the objective, and I know we're getting ahead of ourselves here, the objective to me of this upcoming playoff season for the Knicks is not necessarily to go as far as you can. That's great. That's important. It is to build the foundation and to keep going from there, right? Like yep. we saw that with the Warriors and the Suns when they played uh, very, very recently, what was it? Yeah. Last night, two nights ago where Steph Curry said to Chris Paul, uh, this isn't 2014 anymore. And you go back, what happened in 2014, the Clippers beat the Warriors the Warriors won the NBA championship the next year. Am I insinuating that the Knicks losing to a team means that they're going to win the championship in the following year? Of course, of course I am. That's going to happen. But no, it jokes aside, it's the sort of thing where it's like, you just, you need to keep building. You need to keep building that level of experience. And as agonizing as a seven game defeat will feel in the moment, that's especially, the thing. <laughs> especially, but like in the moment, that's yeah. The in the moment. Yeah. Time heals most All wounds. wounds. Most yeah, I guess all ones. Yeah. I mean, I'm Charles, uh, Charles Smith. Uh, that's the one that I had in mind where I was like, <laughs> I was not alive for it, but I could imagine that for those who were and witnessed it, yeah. that one does not heal quite. Uh, well. Yeah. Um, we'll have more of these sorts of discussions moving forward. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Knicks fans? Quick break to tell you about HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. 
You've got New Year's goals, and HelloFresh is here to help you achieve them. Take control of your time and budget with delicious recipes delivered right to your door. Looking for an easy way to eat well and save money this year? Cut back on expensive takeout and delivery and get started with HelloFresh. You'll love how easy, fun, and affordable it is to whip up a restaurant-quality meal right in your own kitchen. With fast and fresh recipes, HelloFresh's latest line of meals featuring robust flavors and filling portions are ready in less than 50 minutes. Enjoy taste and quality done quick with recipes like falafel power bowls, seared steak and potatoes with béarnaise sauce, or southwest pork and bean burritos. If you know anything about me, you know that I'm not the greatest when it comes to cooking. Thankfully, I found a life partner that loves her time in the kitchen and loves putting together these elaborate meals. Unfortunately, with her schedule working at a school all day and my schedule covering sports all night, we rarely have time to go to the grocery store together. Well, HelloFresh has made it possible for us to do all the grocery shopping for the week right from the comfort of our living room. In fact, just last night when I was editing the latest KFS pod, she was putting together two plates of Presto Pesto Panko Chicken with roasted potatoes and green beans. We were able to do dinner and a movie without even leaving the comfort of our own home. And this is just one of several delicious HelloFresh meal options with cook and prep time taking less than an hour. When you've got busy, conflicting schedules like ours, you don't have to go out for dinner and a movie. Instead, it comes right to you. Don't hesitate. Head to HelloFresh.com slash FilmSchool60 and use code FilmSchool60 for 60% off plus free shipping. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash FilmSchool60 and use code FilmSchool60 for 60% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Let's get to Game Ball, um, which I believe as we've changed the rules. I, I get the honor. Of handing out first when this is, week. This has always been the case. Most, most this is for the whole season. It's been the case. I know. I just like to listen. I need to like, revel like in knowing, my victories. Just like, right. Yes. You're not humble about it. That's fine. No. No. There's no humility anywhere no. near my range uh, here. Uh, game ball candidates. Okay. We have, here are the list. Here is the list. Josh Hart, Deuce McBride, Isaiah Hartenstein, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randall. And a surprise entrant, Walt Perrin. I like it. Um, this is a really tough one. Uh, this feels like a really good week to reward someone that um, perhaps has not been rewarded before. Um, with all due respect to Josh Hart, I'm not going to be picking him. I feel like we've praised Josh Hart um, an awfully lot, an awful lot of, uh, over the the weeks, uh, really months since he's been acquired. It's all been deserved. He could be a game ball recipient any of the weeks. Um, he, he's been here. For me, this comes down to Deuce and Hardenstein for different reasons. Um, Deuce, I think, flatly was the best player in the next two wins since we last spoke. He was the, certainly the best player against Portland. And I think there's a good argument that he was the best player against the Lakers. The reason I am considering Hardenstein is since the Josh Hart trade, Isaiah Hardenstein is the best plus minus in the NBA. Total plus minus. Number one, <laughs> which is when you say it out loud about a player who every, almost every Nick fan, if not every Nick fan, wanted to run the hell right out of town for the better part of three months this season. It's really wild to say that. Um, and I feel like, you know, we, this would be as good a time as any to give him his due. That said, I got to go to Deuce. Um, and with with a tip of the cap to Walt Perrin, uh, because he is not only a guy who showed up big when the team needed it and performed at a high level, but he is, and I, I think I wrote this for today's newsletter, how do you not love rooting for this guy? He's just such an easy guy to root for and he's easy to love and get behind as a Nick fan. And especially if you've been a Nick fan for a long time and you remember, you know, those old teams. So uh, Deuce McBride, congratulations, man. You got my game ball. If you hadn't picked Deuce, I would have. Okay. You didn't pick Hardenstein. I will be picking Hardenstein. There you go. You laid it out. Uh, it's funny to think that someone could lay goose eggs in consecutive games from a point <laughs> standpoint and still be rewarded with the game ball, but here we are. The impact he's had has been phenomenal. He is a high, high quality backup center, and he's closing games, and I think that's important 
for I know there's some mild controversy in that. Um, shouldn't be. It should be exactly the same way that the Knicks have been operating with their closing five. It's Randall and Brunson and whoever else deserves it. Um, I mean, it's just, it's uh, the other thing to consider. He dealt with an Achilles injury to start the year was not healthy. Finally getting his legs underneath him. And uh, John, he has played in 71 of 71 games. Thank you for mentioning that. I forgot that. Yep. That's really important. And he's found his role. And that's the funny thing too. Like he's not even at his best offensively. Like he, he did so well last year. We can talk about the playmaking, you know, which is still an important piece of his game. That's not even really being um, drawn out much with that though. You cut down on the turnovers, which is great. He has struggled around the rim. That has kind of cratered a lot of his uh, efficiency doesn't even matter. He's still doing exactly what the Knicks want in a five. He's yep. rebounding the ball on offense. He's protecting the rim. Uh, and uh, he's taking, he's even taking floaters, which is great. That's something yeah. that's really important there. But so we're, um, we're seeing some of the stuff from last year, aren't we? Recent, more, more recently than we have for most of the year, which I think is cool. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a great pick. He, uh, good signing. Pretty good summer for uh, Mr. Leon Rose, I guess, wouldn't you say? Uh, Okay, which leads us to uh, detention. Uh, Leon Rose is not going to be put in detention. Here are candidates. And again, for everybody to know, I am a puppet. I read the words that are on the page that Andrew Claudio types out. That's all I'm doing. Here are detention candidates. Mitchell Robinson, grow up. Those are not my words. Andrew Claudio's at it's at Andrew. Is it Andrew at Andrew J. Claudio? Is it at Andrew? There's an whatever. underscore in the back. There's an underscore. Okay, great. In the end. Yeah. Just at him. He he loves he loves hearing uh, everybody's thoughts on Twitter. Um Julius Randle, a candidate mostly due to the Clipper game performance. RJ Barrett, a candidate mostly due to the Sacramento game performance. Emmanuel quickly, a candidate mostly due to the Charlotte and Sacramento performances. I can't even read that without laughing. Um, and Nick Wright did not have either Brunson or Randall on his public All NBA teams. And then, sorry, one more NBA schedule makers, no more West Coast Nick games, period. Uh, Jeremy, the floor is yours. Um, if we're talking about this week, you know, I thought Quick did a really nice job of salvaging what was an ugly week. I'm going to go with Mitch. Um, not even for the, the grow up standpoint. Like, listen, it seems that every few months there's some social media outlet frustration from him. If this is like the most frustrating thing that Knicks fans have to deal with behind like the camera situation, like on a scale of one to 10, one being mild, like extremely mild and 10 being this is a really awful PR nightmare. This is probably a two. This, this might even be a one and a half. Uh, yeah. This whole season and and this included. So I don't really care. Um, what I care more about is he's not doing, at least this past week, uh, especially in the latter two games, he wasn't doing what was necessary to stay on the court to close games. And it's fine because thanks of a great backup in Hartenstein, as we just talked about. But it's that sort of thing where he has it. There's a reason he's being used in the way he's being used. It's because he's very good at offensive rebounding. He's very good at boxing out. He's very good at finishing at the rim. His defense is phenomenal. It was an off week. Um, and the funny part of it too is like he still had what 14 rebounds. Um, he had one. Yeah, the big game against the Clippers, Clippers. right? Yeah. yeah. So he he had a role, um, and that's why it's tough because I feel like all the players Andrew named had moments that were ugly. I feel like those players all salvaged the week in a way that Mitch did not get to do. Um, so that's why I've got him in my detention. I think it's a great call. Um, I'm, uh, I have a funny feeling he, Mitch may have been having a little fun with uh, all of us with his comments or whatever on Instagram. And I'll just leave it at that. We'll see what, what transpires. Um, 
I don't really want to put Randall Barrett or quickly in detention and uh, the NBA schedule makers, I'm sure try very hard at their job. So I'll just go ahead and pick Nick, Wright. Uh, I will say that by net rating and by record, there are a clear top seven teams in the NBA this year, eight teams, excuse me. Um, the top five teams in the East and the top three teams in the West. My daughter's very excited to hear my, my detention pick. Um, Boston, Philly, uh, Milwaukee, Cleveland, they're all getting NBA, all NBA players. Denver's getting an all NBA player. Sacramento, I'd be shocked if Sabonis isn't on. And I think Fox has a chance. Memphis is the only one. And that's only because of the job situation, which we're not going to talk about right now. But like job was headed clearly towards an all NBA spot. Was. The Knicks are what was maybe was he headed? still is. I don't. I'm, I know you said not talk about it. I'm just saying there are 39 million reasons why we might want to talk about it. Just based on the fact that him being suspended for a longer period of time might rub voters the wrong way. And then I understand he, that. Right. I'm just saying that. Yes. Anyways. The point is, all of those teams either ha- are going to have all NBA guys, or like clearly would have had it not been for things. Um, so yeah, damn right. I think the Knicks deserve an All NBA player, whether it be Jalen Brunson or Ju- Julius Randle. So Nick Wright. Um, I- I- again, I'm not really sure who he is, but he's in my detention for the week. To be fair, uh, I guess not even to be fair towards Nick Wright. It's more that he made a bold claim about the Knicks beforehand. And it's kind of just doubling down in terms of what he's doing. So um, I don't really care. I don't care about him. Good for him. Content. Um, Okay. Predictions. This is going to be a bit of a muted prediction segment because one, there's only two games. (laughs) And two, one of them is already passed. And three, Uh, we already know what the other person has picked because we talked about it off air. So we would have it. In our back pockets. (laughs) Because there is integrity, Jeremy, going to the predictions. Um, So it's at Portland and then versus Denver. We picked this before the Portland game. I took one and one and Jeremy took two and oh. So um, in short, if Denver, if uh, the Knicks beat Denver, Jeremy wins. And well, Denver, then Jeremy wins the week. And if they um, beat Portland, then I win. Jeremy's up by two. So Jeremy... If the Knicks beat the Nuggets on Saturday afternoon, it's afternoon game, there are, make sure I get this right here, three weeks. There are three weeks left. So I would need to go 3 0 to tie. Yes. I don't really like that. Yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't either, but I have to win the, the game. I need the Knicks to beat the Nuggets. The Nuggets, who as of this moment are 16 and 17 on the road, who have lost four straight? Four straight as of right now. Yep. So we'll see. We shall I'll see. Be, I'll be rooting for uh, you to win the week because I feel like if the Knicks beat the Nuggets, I know the Nuggets have been reeling. If the Knicks beat the Nuggets, I will feel very good about their chances too finish the season strongly. So I hope you win. Uh, I will leave it at that. And that is it. Anything else we forgot, Jeremy Cohen, before we go? I think that is all, John. I think we got everything covered. Great. Um, Thank you, everybody. As always, we appreciate listening. I Yes, one thing. No, there is an important thing. What is the uh, important thing? We didn't talk about how awesome Saturday oh, yes. went. Yes. So yes, 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 yes. we had what, like 40 to 50 people show up all at a great time, even despite the outcome. Honestly, it was like the best feeling after a loss that I had all season because Easily. of the fact that it was just so much fun to be there. So it was great. Awesome success. We want to do it again. We want to do it come playoff time. We'll find a time, hopefully, assuming the schedule works out in that way. But thank you for all who showed up. Thank you for all who had the intention of showing up and something got in the way. We hope to see you the next one. And uh, yeah, just um, it was great. Awesome. We're going to try to do more of these sorts of things because uh, it's fun. 
And it's cool to get together with uh, people who love the Knicks and follow us and the whole thing. So, yeah, thanks to everybody who came out to Penn 6 on Saturday. Um, and, of course, uh, thank you if you didn't come out, uh, but you're a fan of the show. Don't forget, you can help support us. Uh, leave a five-star review. Leave a rating. Of course, subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. All of that stuff. We will be back with our regularly scheduled program. So we'll be, we'll be recording just you know in about half a week. Hopefully talking about Jeremy uh, and his inevitable march to victory in the predictions um, game this season. It would be really cool if they beat Denver. But uh, either way, good times right now in Knicksland. Enjoy it, as we always say. Enjoy the good times because you never know how long they're going to last. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Peace out. 